Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. All you got to do, Renegade Nation, is enter the promo code RENEGADE or call 1-800-889-6817 for these great specials. That's 1-800-889-6817. Use the promo code RENEGADE. Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and in some cases, even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. I am your host, Nicole Delacroix. And together we will be investigating stories about the things that go bump in the night. Frighteningly imagined creatures, supernatural beings, and even some unsolved mysteries. But I promise all sorts of weirdness. So, sit back, grab your favorite drink, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, well, I got an interesting listener Suggestion? Complaint? Meh, suggestion. They wanted to know why I haven't done any Irish stories. Well, quite honestly, because I have yet to perfect an Irish brogue that isn't, well, truly embarrassing. So, here you go, without the brogue. Sorry, because it's still embarrassing. (laughs) Alright, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation, as always, my darlings, is yours, so choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say leer? That will be a single shot. And every time I say children, that will be a double shot. All right, now that the business end is out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's Dark Enigma. So, don your best Irish kilt and a thick fisherman's sweater or Celtic tunic, whichever way your boat floats, as we jump into today's offering of the traditional Irish legend of the fate of the children of Lear. Oh, and yeah, like I said, the brogue is still not worthy, so I'm not going to be embarrassing myself by using it. Sorry, because at some point it just transforms from Irish into German, and I'm not sure how that happens. So, anyways, I'm going to try. All right. Now at the time when the Tuatha de Danann chose a king for themselves after the Battle of Talton, 
and Lear heard the kingship was given to Bodirg, it did not please him, and he left the gathering without leave and with no word to any one, for he thought it was he himself had a right to be made king. But if he went away himself, Bod was given the kingship nonetheless, for not one of the five begrudged it to him, but only Lear. And it is what they determined to follow after Lear, and to burn down his house, and to attack himself with spear and sword, on account of his not giving obedience to the king they had chosen. Bob Dirg say, We will not do that, for that man would defend any place he is in, and besides that, I am none the less king over the Tuatha de Danan, although he does not submit to me. All went on like that for a good while. But at last a great misfortune came on Lear, for his wife died from him after a sickness of three nights. And that came very hard on Lear, and there was heaviness on his mind after her. And there was great talk of the death of that woman in her own time. And the news of it was told all throughout Ireland, and it came to the house of Bode, and the best of the men of Dea were with him at that time. And Bode said, If Lear had a mind for it, my help and my friendship would be good for him now, since his wife is not living to him. For I have here with me the three young girls of the best shape and the best appearance and the best name in all Ireland, Ob, Ofe, and Abe, the three daughters of Olil of Aran, my own three nurslings. The men of Dea said then it was a good thought he had, and that what he said was true. Messages and messengers were sent then from Bodirg to the place Lear was, to say that if he had a mind to join with the son of Dagda, and to acknowledge his lordship, he would give him a foster child of his foster children. And Lear thought well of the offer, and he set out on the morrow with fifty chariots from Sidfino Chad. And he went by every short way till he came to Bode's dwelling place at Loch Dirg. And there was a welcome before him there, and all the people were merry and pleasant before him. And he and his people got good attendance that night. And the three daughters of Oleil of Aran were sitting on the one seat with Bode Dirg's wife, the queen of the Tuatha de Danan, that was their foster mother. And Bode said, you may have your choice of the three young girls, Lear. I cannot say, said Lear, which one of them is my choice, but whichever of them is the eldest, she is the noblest, and it is better for me to take her. Said Bode, If that is so, it is Oba, is the eldest, and she will be given to you if it is your wish. It is my wish, he said, and he took Oba for his wife that night. And he stopped there for a fortnight, and then he brought her away to his own home, till he would make a great wedding feast. And in the course of time, Oba brought forth two children, a daughter and a son, Fanola and Oda, their names were. And after a while she was brought to bed again, and this time she gave birth to two sons, and they called them Fikra and Khan. And she herself died at their birth, and that weighed very heavy on Lear, and only for the way his mind was set on his four children, he would have gone near to die of grief. The news came to Bode Dirk's place, and all the people gave out three loud high cries, 
keening their nursling. And after they had keened her, it is what Bodurg said. It is a fret to us our daughter to have died, for her own sake and for the sake of the good man we gave her to, for we are thankful for his friendship and his faithfulness. However, our friendship with one another will not be broken, for I will give him for a wife her sister Ulfi. When Lear heard that he came for the girl and married her, and brought her home to his house, and there his was honor and affection with Alfie for her sister's children, and indeed no person at all could see those four children without giving them the heart's love. And Bodirg used often to be going to Lear's home for the sake of those children, and he used to bring them to his own place for a good length of time, and then he would let them go back to their own place again. And the men of Dia were at that time using the Feast of Age in every hill of the city in turn. And when they came to Lear's Hill, those four children were their joy and delight for their beauty and their appearance. And it is where they used to sleep, in beds inside of their father Lear. And he used to rise up at the break of every morning and to lie down among his children. But it is what came of all this, that a fire of jealousy was kindled in Elfie and she got to have a dislike and hatred of her sister's children. Then she led on to have a sickness that lasted the, through nearly the length of a year. And the end of that time she did a deed of jealousy and cruel treachery against the children of Lear. And one day she got her chariot yoked, and she took the four children in it, and they went forward toward the house of Bodirg. But Finola had no mind to go with her, for she knew by her she had some plan for their death or their destruction. And she had seen in a dream that there was treachery against them in Alfie's mind. But all the same, she was not able to escape from what was before her. And when they were on their way, Alfie said to her people, Let you kill now, she said, the four children of Lear, for whose sake their father has given up my love, and I will give you your own choice of a reward out of all the good things of the world. They say unto her, We will not do that indeed. It is a bad deed you have thought of, and harm will come to you out of it. And when they would not do as she bade them, she took out a sword herself to put an end to the children with. But she being a woman and with no good courage, and with no great strength in her mind, and she was not able to do it. They went on then west to Loch Derbrach, the Lake of the Oaks, and the horses were stopped there. And Alfie bade the children of Lear to go out and bathe in the lake, and they did as she bade them. And as soon as Alfie saw them out in the lake, she struck them with a druid rod, and put on them the shape of four swans, white and beautiful. And it is said, it is what she said, Out with you, children of the king, your luck is taken away from you forever. It is sorrowful the story will be to your friends, it is with flocks of birds your cries will, will be forever heard. And Finola said, Witch, we know now what your name is. You have struck us down with no hope of relief. But although you put us from wave to wave, there are times when we will touch the land. We shall get help when we are seen. Help and all that is best for us. Even though we have to sleep upon the lake, it is our minds will be going abroad early. And then the four children of Lear turned toward Alfie, and this is what Finola said. It is a bad deed you have done, Ulfie, and it is a bad fulfilling of friendship, you to destroy us without cause. And vengeance for it will, be, will come upon you, 
and you will fall in satisfaction for it. For your power for our destruction is not greater than the power of our friends to avenge it on you. And put some bounds now. To the time this enchantment is to stop on us. Say, Alfie, I will do that, and it is worse for you, you to have asked it of me. And the bounds I set to your time are this. Till the woman from the south and the man from the north will come together. And since you asked to hear it of me, no friends and no power that you have will be able to bring you out of these shapes you are in through the length of your lives, until you have been three hundred years on Loch Derbrock, and three hundred years on Shrew na Moel between Ireland and Alban, and three hundred years at Iris Domnan and Enis Glua, and these are to be your journeys from this out. But then repentance came on Alfie, and she said, Since there is no help for me to give you now, you may keep your own speech, and you will be singing sweet music in the Cid, and would put the men of the earth to sleep, and there will be no music in the world equal to it, and your own sense and your own nobility will stay with you the way it will not weigh so heavy on you to be in the shape of birds. And go away out of my sight now, children of Lear, with your white faces, with your stammering Irish. It is a great curse on tender lads, they to be driven out on the rough wind. Nine hundred years to be on the water, it is a long time for anyone to be in pain. It is I put this on you through te- treachery. It is best for you to do as I tell you now. Lear that got victory with so many a good cast, his heart is a kernel of death in him now. The groaning of the great hero is a sickness to me, though it is I that has well earned his anger. And then the horses were caught for Alfie, and the chariot yoked for her, and she went on to the palace of Boderg. And there was a welcome before her from the chief people of the place. And the son of the Dagda asked her why she did not bring the children of Lear with her. And she said, I will tell you that. It is because Lear has no liking for you, and he will not trust you with his children, from fear you might keep them from him altogether. And Bodirg said, I wonder at that, for those children are dearer to me than my own children. And he thought in his own mind it was deceit the woman was doing on him, and it is what he did. He sent messengers to the north to Sid Fonachad, and Lear asked them what did they come for. On the head of your children, they said, are they not gone to you along with Alfie, he said? They are not. And Alfie said it was yourself would not let them come. It is downhearted and sorrowful Lear was at the at news, for he understood well it was Alfie had destroyed or made an end of his children. And early in the morning of the morrow his horses were caught, and he was set out on the road to the southwest. And when he was as far as the shore of Loch Dabrek, the four children saw the horses coming toward them, and it is what Fanola said, A welcome to the troop of horses I see coming near to the lake. The people they are bringing are strong. There is sadness on them. It is us they are following. It is for us they are looking. Let us move over to the shore, Od, Fikra, and Kamli Khan. Those that are coming can be no others in the world but only Lear and his household. Then Lear came to the edge of the lake, and he took notice of the swans having the voice of living people, and he asked them why it was they had voice. Said Fanola, I will tell you that, Lear. We are your own four children that are after being destroyed by your wife and by the sister of our own mother, though the dint of her jealousy. Said Lear, 
Is there any way to put you into your own shapes again? Said Fenola, There is no way, for all the men of the world could not help us till we have gone through our time, and that will not be, she said, till the end of nine hundred years. When Lear and his people heard that, they gave out three great heavy shouts of grief and sorrow and crying. Said Lear, Is there a mind with you to come to us on the land, since you have not your own sense in your memory yet? Said Fenola, We have not the power to live with any person at all from this time, but we have our own language, the Irish, and we have the power to sing sweet music, and it is enough to satisfy the whole race of men to be listening to that music. And let you stop here tonight, she said, and we will be making music for you. So Lear and his people stopped there, listening to the music of the swans, and they slept there quietly that night. And Lear rose up early on the morning of the morrow, and he made this complaint. It is time to go out from this place. I do not sleep, though I am in my lying down. To be parted from my dear children, it is that is tormenting my heart. It is a bad net I put over you, bringing Alfie, daughter of Elil of Iran, to the house. I would never have followed that advice if I had known what it would bring upon me. O Fenola, and comely Khan, O Ada, and Fakra, of the beautiful arms, it is not ready I am to go away from you, from the border of the harbor where you are. Then Lear went on to the palace of Boderg, and there was a welcome before him there, and he got a reproach from Boderg for not bringing his children along with him. Said Lear, My grief! It is not it is not I that would not bring my children along with me. It was Elfie there beyond, your own foster child and the sister of their mother that put them in the shape of four white swans on Loch Derbrick, in the sight of the whole of the men of Ireland. But they have their sense with them yet, and their reason, and their voice, and their Irish. Bodir gave a great start when he heard that, and he knew that Lear said was true. And he gave a very sharp reproach to Alfie, and he said, This treachery will be worse for yourself in the end, Alfie, than to the children of Lear. And what shape would you yourself think worst of being in, he said. I would think worst of being a witch of the air, she said. It is into that shape I will put you now, said Bodirg. And with that he struck her with a druid wand, and she was turned into a witch of the air there and then. And she went away on the wind in that shape. And she is in it yet and will be in it to the end of life and time. As to Bodirg and the Tuatha de Danann, they came to the shore of Loch de Brick, and they made their camp there to be listening to the music of the swans. And the sons of the Gael used to be coming no less than the men of Dia, to hear them for, from every part of Ireland, for there never was any music or any delight heard in Ireland to compare with that music of the swans. And they used to be telling stories, and to be talking with the men of Ireland every day, and with their teachers, and their fellow pupils, and their friends. And every night they used to sing very sweet music of the Cid. And every one that heard that music would sleep sound and quiet, whatever trouble or long sickness might be on them. For every one that heard the music of the birds, it is happy and contented he would be after it. These two gatherings now of the Tuatha de Danann and the Sons of the Gael stopped there around Loch de Brick through the length of three hundred years. And it is then Finola said to her brothers, Do you know, she said, we have spent all we have to spend of our time here, but this one night only. 
And there was great sorrow on the sons of Lear when they heard that, for they thought it the same as to be living people again, to be talking with their friends and their companions on Loch de Brick, in comparison with going on the cold, fretful sea of the mail in the north. And they came early on the morrow to speak with their father and with their foster father, and they bid them farewell. And Fenola made this complaint. Farewell to you, Boderic, the man with whom all knowledge is in pledge. And farewell to our father along with you, Lear of the Hill of the White Field. The time has come, as I think, for us to part from you. O pleasant company, my grief is not on a visit we are going to you. From this day out, O friends of our heart, our comrades, it is on the tormented course of the Mao we will be, without the voice of any person near us. Three hundred years there, and three hundred years in the Bay of the Men of Domnan. It is a pity for the four comely children of Lear, the salt waves of the sea, to be their covering by night. O three brothers, with the ruddy faces gone from you, let them all leave the lake now, the great troop that loved us, it is sorrowful our parting is. After that complaint they took to flight, lightly, airily, till they came to the Sruth na Moel, between Ireland and Alban. And that was a grief to the men of Ireland, and they gave out an order no swan was to be killed from that out, whatever chance there might be of killing one all through Ireland. It was a bad dwelling place for the children of Lear, they to be on shrill Namuel. When they saw the wide coast about them, they were filled with cold and with sorrow, and they thought nothing of all they had gone through before in comparison to what they were going through on that sea. Now one night, while they were there, a great storm came on them, and, is, and it is what Fanola said, My dear brothers, it is a pity for us not to be making ready for this night, for it is certain the storm will separate us from one another, and let us settle on some place where we can meet afterward if we are driven from one another in the night. Said the others, Let us settle to meet one another at Carignaron, the rock of the seals, for we all have knowledge of it. And when midnight came, the wind came on them with it, and the noise of the waves increased, and the lightning was flashing, and a rough storm came sweeping down, the way the children of Lear were scattered over the great sea, and the wideness of it set them astray, so that no one of them could know what way the others went. But after that storm a great quiet came on the sea, and Fanola was alone on Sru Namoel, and when she took notice that her brothers were wanting, she was lamenting after them greatly, and she made this complaint. It is a pity for me to be alive in the state I am. It is frozen to, to my sides, my wings are. It is little that the wind has not broken my heart in my body with the loss of Otto. To be three hundred years on Loch de Brick without going into my own shape, it is worse to me the time I'm on Sru Namol. The three I loved, oh, the three I loved, that slept under the shelter of my feathers. Till the dead come back to the living, I will see them no more forever. It is a pity I to stay after Fakra and after Oda, and after Comely Khan, and with no account of them, my grief, I to be here to face every hardship this night. She stopped all night there upon the rock of the seals, until the rising of the sun, looking out over the sea on every side, till at last she saw Khan coming to her, his feathers wet th through, and his head hanging, and her heart gave him a great welcome, and then Fikra came wet and perished and worn out. And he could not say a word 
they could understand with the dint of the cold and the hardship he had gone through. And Fanola put him under her wings, and she said, We would be well off now if Oda would but come to us. It was not long after that they saw Oda come, his head dry and his feathers beautiful, and Fanola gave him a great welcome, and she put him in under her f- under the feathers of her breast, and Fakra under her right wing and Khan under her left, the way she could put her feathers over them all. And oh, my brother, she said, this was a bad night to us, and it is many of its like are before us from this out. They stayed there a long time after that, suffering cold and misery on the moil, till at last a night came on them that they had never known the like of before, for frost and snow and wind and cold, and they were crying and lamenting the hardship of their life, and the cold of the night, and the greatness of the snow, and the hardness of the wind. And after they had suffered cold to the end of a year, a worse night again came on them, in the middle of winter, and they were on Carignaron, and the water froze about them, and as they rested on the rock, their feet and their wings and their feathers froze to the rock, the way they were not able to move from it. And they made such a hard struggle to get away that they left the skin of their feet and their feathers and the tops of their wings on the rocks after them. Said Fanola, My grief, children of Lear, it is bad our state is now, for we cannot bear the salt water to touch us, and there are bonds on us not to leave it, and if the salt water goes into our sores, we will get our death. And she made this complaint, It is keening we are tonight, without feathers to cover our bodies, it is cold, the rough, uneven rocks are under our, bed, our bare feet. It is bad our stepmother was to us the times she played enchantments on us, sending us out like swans upon the sea. Our washing place is on the ridge of the bay, in the foam of flying manes of the sea. Our share of the ale feast is the salt water of the blue tide. One daughter, three sons. It is in the clefts of the rocks we are. It is on the hard rocks we are. It is a pity the way we are. However, they came on to the course of the moil again, and the salt water was sharp and rough and bitter to them. But if it was itself, they were not able to avoid it or to get shelter from it. And they were there by the shore under that hardship till such time as their feathers grew again, and their wings until their sores were entirely healed. And then they used to go every day to the shore of Ireland or of Alban. But they had to come back to Shrew Namol every night. Now they came one day to the month of the Bana, to the north of Ireland, and they saw a troop of riders, beautiful, of the one color, with well-trained pure white horses under them, and they traveling the road straight from the southwest. Said Fanola, Do you know who those riders are, sons of Lear? They said, We do not, but it is likely they might be some troop of the sons of the Gael or the Tuatha de Danon. They moved over closer to the shore then, that they might know who they were. And when the riders saw them, they came to meet them until they were able to hold talk together. And the chief men among them were two sons of Bodirg, Odo Outfiosk of the Quickwits and Fergus Fitkolak of the Chess, and a third part of the riders of the Cid along with them. And it was for the swans they had been looking for a long while before that. And when they came together, they wished one another a kind and loving welcome. And the children of Lear asked for news of all the men of Dia, and above all, of Lear and Boderg and their people. They are well, and they are in one place together, they said, in your father's house at Sid Fonacald. 
using the feast of age pleasantly and happily and with no uneasiness on them, only for being without yourselves and without knowledge of what happened you from the day you left Loch de Brick. Said Fanola, that has not been the way with us, for we have gone through great hardship and uneasiness and misery on the tides of the sea until this day. And she made this complaint. There is delight tonight with the household of Lear, plenty of ale with them and wine, although it is in a cold dwelling place this night are the four children of the king. It is without a spot our bedclothes are, our bodies covered over with curved feathers, but it is often we were dressed in purple and we drinking pleasant mead. It is what our food is and our drink, the white sand and the bitter water of the sea. It is often we drink mead of hazelnuts from round four-lipped drinking cups. It is what our beds are, bare rocks out of the power of the waves. It is often there used to be spread out for us beds of the breast feathers of birds. Though it is our work now to be swimming through the frost and through the noise of the waves, it is often a company of the sons of kings were riding after us to the hill of Bode. It is what wasted my strength to be going and coming over the current of the mole, the way I never was used to, and never to be in the sunshine on the soft grass. Fikra's bed and Khan's bed is to come under the cover of my wings on the sea. Ode has his place under the feathers of my breast, the four of us side by side. The teaching of Mananan without deceit, the talk of Bodirg on the pleasant ridge, the voice of Angus, his sweet kisses. It is by their side I used to be without grief. After that, the riders went on to Lear's house, and they told the chief men of the Tuatha de Danan all the birds had gone through and the state they were in. The chief men said, We have no power over them, but we are glad they are living yet, for they will get help in the end of time. As to the children of Lear, they went back toward their old place in the mall, and they stopped there till the time they had to spend in it was spent. And then Fanola said, The time has come for us to leave this place, and it is to Iris Domnan we must go now, after our three hundred years here. And indeed there will be no rest for us there, or any standing ground, or any shelter from the storms. But since it is time for us to go, let us set out on the cold wind, the way that way we will not go astray. So they set out in this way, and left Shrunamol behind them, and went to the point of Iris Domnan. And there they stopped. And it is a life of misery and a cold life they led there. And one time the sea froze about them that they could not move at all. And the brothers were lamenting, and Fanola was comforting them, for she knew there would help come to them in the end. And they stayed at Iristomna until the time they had to spend there was spent. And then Fanola said, The time has come for us to go back to Sid Fonakald, where our father is with his household and with our own people. They said unto her, It pleases us well to hear that. So they set out flying through the air lightly till they came to Sid Fonacald. And it is how they found the place, empty before them, and nothing in it but green hillocks and thickets of nettles, without a house, without a fire, without a hearthstone. And the four pressed close to one another then, and they gave out three sorrowful cries. And Fanola made this complaint. It is a wonder to me this place is, and it without a house, without a dwelling place, to see it the way it is now. O Canel, it is bitterness to my heart. Without dogs, without hounds for hunting, without women, without great kings, we never knew it to be like this when our father was in it. 
without horns, without cups, without drinking to the in the lighted house, without young men, without riders. The way it is tonight is a foretelling of sorrow. The people of the place to be as they are now. It is grief to my heart. It is plain to my mind tonight the Lord of the house is not living. O oh, house where we used to see music and playing and the gathering of people. I think it is a great change to see it lonely the way it is tonight. The greatness of the hardships we have gone through, going from one wave to another of the sea, we never heard of the like of them coming on any other person. It is seldom this place had its part with grass and bushes. The man is not living that would know us. It would be a wonder to him to see us here. However, the children of Lear stopped that night in their father's place and their grandfather's, where they had been reared, and they were singing very sweet music of the Cid. And they rose up early on the morning of the morrow and went to Innes Glowry, and all the birds of the country gathered near them on Loch Nan, the Lake of the Birds. And they used to go out to feed every day to the far parts of the country, to Innisgid and to Akul, the place Don, son of Miled, and his people that were drowned were buried, and to all the western islands of Connacht, and they used to go back to Inisglau every night. It was about that time it happened them to meet a young man of good race, and his name was Abric, and he often took notice of the birds, and their singing was sweet to him, and he loved them greatly, and they loved him. And it is this young man that told the whole story of all that had happened them, and put it in order. And the story he told of what happened them in the end is this. It was after the faith of Christ and Blessed Patrick came into Ireland that St. Mokamog came to Inisglower. And the first night he came to the island, the children of Lear heard the voice of his bell ringing near them. And the brothers started up with fright when they heard it. We do not know this. What is that weak, unpleasing voice we hear? Said Finola, that is the voice of the bell of Mokamog, and it is through that bell you will be set free from pain and from misery. They listened to that music of the bell till the matins were done, and then they began to sing the low, sweet music of the Cid, and Mokamog was listening to them, and he prayed to God to show him who was singing that music, and it was showed to him that the children of Lear were singing it. And on the morning of the morrow, he went forward to the lake of the birds, and he saw the swans before him on the lake, and he went down to them at the brink of the shore. And he said, Are you the children of Lear? They said, We are indeed. And he said, I give thanks to God for that, for it is for your sakes I come to this island beyond any other island, and let you come to land now, and give your trust to me, that you may do good deeds and part from your sins. They came to the land after that, and they put trust in Makamaug, and he brought them to his own dwelling place, and they used to be hearing mass with him. And he got a good smith and bade him make chains of bright silver for them, and put a chain between Ode and Fanola, and a chain between Khan and Fakra. And the four of them were raising his heart and gladdening his mind, and no danger or n and no distress that was on the swans before put any trouble on them now. Now the king of Connacht at that time was Lagernin, son of Colman, son of Colman, son of Kobach, and Diok, daughter of Fingen, was his wife. And that was the coming together of the man from the north and the woman from the south that Alfie had spoken of. And the woman heard talk of the birds, 
and a great desire came on her to get them, and she bade Langnin to bring them to her. And he said he would ask them of Macamog, and she gave her word she would not stop another night with him unless he would bring them to her. And she set out from the house there and then, and Lagernin sent messengers after her to bring her back, and they did not overtake her till she was at Kildun. She went back home and with them then, and Lagernin sent messengers to ask the birds of Makamog, and he did not get them. There was great anger in Langernin then, and he went himself to, to the place Makamog was, and he asked, Was it true he had refused him the birds? He said, It is true indeed. At that Lagernin rose up, and he took hold of the swans, and pulled them off the altar, two birds in each hand, to bring them away to Diok. But no sooner had he laid his hand on them than their bird skins fell off, and what was in their place was three lean, withered old men and a thin, withered old woman, without blood or flesh. And Lagernin gave a great start at that, and he went out from the, from the place. It is then Fanola said to Makamog, Come and baptize us now, for it is short till our death comes, and it is certain you do not think worse of parting with us than we do of parting with you. And make our grave afterward, she said, and lay Khan at my right side, and Frakra on my left, and Odo before my face between my two arms. And pray to the God of heaven, she said, that you may be able to baptize us. The children of Lear were baptized then, and they died and were buried as Fanola had desired. Fakra and Khan, one at each side of her, and Oda before her face. And a stone was put over them, and their names were written in Ogham. And they were keen there, and heaven was gained for their soul. And that, my children, is the fate of the children of Lear. I hope I did the Irish story justice. I know I mispronounced the names. You're just going to have to deal with that. But on that note, my darlings, we have come to the end of our episode. I do thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on today's episode. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a suggestion for a future show, a complaint like my dear Irish friends, okay, suggestion, meh, complaint, suggestion, whatever, or you just want to share your thoughts or you're bored and you need somebody to talk to, then reach out to me, drop me a line, because I do reply to every single email. And on that note, my darlings, that is all the time I have for you this evening. I thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And you guessed it, don't forget to tune in next time, my darlings. See you, my heathens. I love you. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. <laughs>